Hello, this is Kevin Rader. Welcome to another installment of the Tales from Auburn Creek. You know, life can come at you in many ways. The important thing is to learn from it. As we hear in this latest installment entitled, Three Strikes, You're Out. It's funny, but I can still see the pitcher's face staring down at me with a smirk that said, Oh, I got this. It was Little League Baseball, and I was lousy at it. The bases were loaded, everyone was cheering. I already knew what was going to happen, and so did the pitcher. As I was leaving, I noticed something very unusual. My stepfather was there waiting for me. This might have been an opportunity to bond over an ice cream cone or a father-son pep talk. After all, I had just struck out to end the game. As traumatic as that might have seemed, it was nothing compared to what was coming. When we got to the car, I noticed my mom was sitting on the passenger side in the front seat, oblivious to my unfortunate plight at the plate. She was just along for the ride. In fact, my stepfather said we were going for a ride. I didn't really care at that point, but I should have noticed something was amiss. I was just too busy feeling sorry for myself in the back seat to notice. After riding for some time, I sat up to try to get a better handle on where we might be going. I have something to tell you, my stepfather announced. The authorities came and picked up your brother Jeff earlier this week and took him to the boys' training school, he announced. That might have seemed unusual that I didn't notice his absence, but that was not the way this family functioned. After all, he spent about a month in California during the prior school year. We were Obviously, not the sit-down-and-tell-us-about-your-day-at-dinner type family. My older two brothers had either quit or been kicked out of school. That was never quite cleared up for me, but both went on and graduated from tech school. But by this point, they had already left. Jeff was the last brother in the house with me, and even though I might not see him for days or weeks at a time, I always knew he'd be back. I took solace from the fact that I was not alone. But that was about to change. In other words... I was about to strike out again. Why'd they do that? I somehow managed to utter. He broke into a liquor store, my stepfather explained. I had to let that one just hang out there for a little bit. I couldn't imagine him doing that. He didn't take any money, just a case of beer, he continued. How'd they catch him? I wondered. He left an IOU, he answered, shaking his head. Somehow... Oddly enough, it made me feel better. I knew he was a good kid, just caught up in a bad situation. So where are we going, I asked. We're going to see him, was the answer. I settled back into the back seat to ponder everything. This meant I was alone. How long would he be there? Would he come back when he got out? Mom sat in the front seat, again, oblivious to this. She didn't say a word, at least not to us. There was the usual conversation, but it didn't involve anyone in the car. I laid my head down in the back seat and closed my eyes to contemplate the fact that all my lifelines were gone. When I sat up, the car was slowing down. It was a long, circular drive. We came to a stop in front of a big, ugly building. By now, I was getting used to big, ugly buildings. But I could also see a teenager coming toward the car, dressed in dark pants and a blue denim shirt. It looked like a uniform of some kind, his hair closely cropped, a military cut. He got to the car, opened the back door where I was sitting. 
What are you doing? I asked. You're coming with me, the boy demanded. No, I'm not. At least not alone. Am I? I turned to ask my stepfather. You're going with him, he deadpanned. I didn't do anything. I don't deserve this, I argued. He's going to take you to your brother. We'll be back to get you in a little while. You're not coming? Why am I going alone, I asked. Looking back, this was scared straight before there was a scared straight. I just didn't know it. I'm not going in there, I declared. In my mind, I figured I had already adjusted to visiting Mom when she was in the hospital. I didn't want to know about this place. I didn't want to see it. I was fine letting my brother tell me about it later. You are going, he declared. The boy took me by the arm and led me out of the car toward the building. Once again, I watched as the car pulled away. You're going to be okay, the boy, who wasn't that much older than me, offered. I am taking you to see your brother. He took me inside that big, ugly building to a row of chairs where he told me to sit down. After a few minutes, another boy came up, dressed in the same way, and told me to follow him. He led me to what seemed like a locker room, only those lockers were very small. It looked like they'd only fit maybe some gym clothes at the most. Your brother will be in in a moment, the boy said, and departed. I was alone. I wondered if that was really true or if this was maybe how it was done. Maybe every boy is brought here under false pretenses and then held down where their heads shaved and then told to change into one of those blue shirt uniforms. Finally, the door opened and he walked in. I could tell instantly his disposition had changed. You okay? I asked. Yes, he answered. Small lockers, I remarked, trying to break the awkwardness of this situation. See the one over there, he asked. I turned. I shook my head, yes. That one's yours. The words cut right through me. No, it's not, I argued. We sat there face to face, two brothers who knew nothing but scraping to survive and just stared at one another. If you continue down the path you're on, it will be, he finally said. I'm not going to end up here. I am not, I replied, fighting back tears. It starts thinking you're just going to have some fun, but then you do something stupid and it gets out of hand. We were drinking and ran out of beer, and the store was closed, so I left a, a note, he explained, with a shrug that said much more than his words. How long will you be here, I asked. Six months is the shortest period a person can spend here, and that's all the time I plan to be here. But I don't think I'll be allowed to return home, he continued. My greatest fear was confirmed. From now on, I would truly be alone. What is this? Jeff asked as he picked up a small decorative butter from the table and put it in his mouth. He must have thought it was an after-dinner mint. I chuckled to myself as I watched him try to maintain some decorum as he spat it back out. Forty years had passed since the day at the boys' training school. Now we're sitting at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C., Look at all this food, he leaned over and whispered to me. We would have died for this when we were growing up. I smiled in agreement. That's why I wanted him there, because I knew he would appreciate it. The Sigma Delta Chi Award for Best Feature Reporting in America and Large Television Market for 2014 goes to Kevin Rader and photographer Steve Rhodes, the MC announced. 
With that, I stood up and looked at my brother. I was proud of all the stories being honored that night, but all I could think about was the story that brought me there. I struck out so many times, there's no way I should have been there. But there I was. After having worked in television for a number of years, the mother of one of my good childhood friends asked where I was living now. Indianapolis, I answered. Oh, you're still running away, she judged. I really wasn't. I was just too scared to stop. Too afraid of what would happen if I did. God had given me a gift and I ran with it. I didn't know where it was going to take me, but I knew one thing. I knew I couldn't go back. Every time I began feeling sorry for myself, I would encounter someone who had a personal story that made mine pale in comparison. I wanted to tell their story, and to be honest, I felt like I was the best person to do it. I knew about pain, fear, anguish, and loss, which made me better suited to tell those stories. I knew how far they had come, or in some cases, how far they'd fallen. Author Willa Cather once said, You need to know your topic if you're going to write about it. I knew the topic, because I'd lived it. This is Kevin Rader. Thank you for listening to the bonus episode of The Tales from Auburn Creek. If you're interested in sponsoring any of our podcast episodes, please contact RaiderMedia at Yahoo.com. You can also choose to become a Patreon for as little as $3 a month to help ensure future episodes. The intro and tag music Highway Traveler is courtesy of Alana Raider Weaver. Other episodes are available at RaiderMediaLLC.com. Thank you for joining me. Until next time.